Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. On today's episode, we're going to speak about a topic that's really relevant given that Christmas is coming up and it's just been Thanksgiving in America, and that topic is food waste. So we're going to speak about what is food waste, why is food waste an issue, and the supply chain. In the supply chain, we're going to speak about farms, supermarkets, and finally customers at home. So as we've mentioned probably throughout our previous podcasts, we're law students. So inevitably, we are going to take a bit of a legal stance on this issue, especially since we covered it in one of our modules. There is a legal definition for waste, which is in Article 3 of the Waste Framework Directive, and that's a part of EU law. And the definition is any substance or object which the holder discards or intends to discard or is required to discard. So this definition emphasizes that waste is all about the holder's relationship with the object. Therefore, in its application to food, it can still mean that the owner and the holder of the food can throw it away even if the food is edible. It's a bit of a crazy definition, really, because even if I just bought a brand new iPhone, if I suddenly don't want it, then it's, it's classed as waste. So what is the issue with food waste? Essentially, in the UK, in 2018, there was a total of 20 million tonnes of food waste. And unfortunately, and probably unsurprisingly, households account for the greatest amount of waste, which amounts to four and a half million of tonnes of food waste per year. And although in the past three years, food waste has declined by 7%, things are not that much more optimistic because the UK government actually estimates that the four and a half million tonnes of food which was wasted could have been eaten. And if you're interested, potatoes are the single most wasted food. Food production is the single greatest environmental impact humans have on the planet. And if wasted food was a country, it would be ranked the third large emitter of greenhouse gases after China and the US. At every stage of the supply chain, there is an issue. The farms, the supermarket and the consumer. We'll start with the farms. Around three and a half million tonnes of food surplus is produced and waste occurs primarily every year and is worth 1.2 billion. So just to give you a perspective, the fruit and veg which is wasted from farms could feed the entire population of Birmingham and Manchester for a year, even before the food reaches the supermarkets and then into our fridges. This is because crops are often rejected by retailers because they don't meet quality standards, also because of fluctuations in demand or problems during storage or packing. Something that really surprised me, and it's something I've not really thought about before, is that farmers often don't harvest the food they grow as it will cost them more in labour than what supermarkets would pay for it. And although recently improvements have been made, as I'm sure you have noticed that some supermarkets have an option of you purchasing wonky veg, wonky fruit or wonky mushrooms, not all supermarkets offer this and also they don't offer it for every single fruit or every single vegetable that there is. I know we probably mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, but we did the majority of our shopping at Aldi, and I know that I've only ever seen the wonky mushrooms in Aldi. Yeah, but also about the wonky mushrooms, they come in an absolutely massive box, like there's so many of them, and a lot of the times, if one person buys it for themselves, they don't use all of them up, and where do they end up? In the bin. Yeah, that's so true. For some reason, the wonky mushrooms go out of date so much quicker than the normal mushrooms, which obviously makes it discouraging to buy them. I don't know if any of our listeners are farmers, but if you are, we're going to speak about some ways you can reduce your food waste during production. Farmers need to evaluate the market for their crops and only plant a necessary amount of crops. As we've just spoken about, a lot of the crops aren't actually harvested. 
also farmers would very much benefit from investing in technology which which would help them get food straight out of the ground and into storage and also improving their storage facilities because up to 40% of grain is over or under dried during storage which obviously results in it being wasted. Another thing that could be done is monitoring and regulating temperature during transportation. So for example a case study showed that the quality of berries which were transported was significantly affected depending whether they were in the middle of the truck or in the corners. So regulating the temperature and ensuring that it's the same throughout the entire vehicle will inevitably also lead to less waste. And moving on to what supermarkets can do to help reduce the food waste in the supply chain. We'll speak about what they have done first. As Anastasia mentioned, supermarkets have started making a wonky section. This started a few years ago. I remember going to Morrison's to get the wonky avocados. It was such a new and exciting scheme. And some supermarkets have followed suit, such as Aldi. There is also an EU initiative which has spread into the UK and essentially it involves the largest supermarkets pledging to reducing their waste from farm to fork by 50% by 2030. Although this is a voluntary scheme in Britain, some of the largest retailers such as Tesco's have made the commitment. Quite promisingly, 80% of Morrison stores are working with 420 local communities to redistribute surplus food. This is food that is edible, but it's past its sell-by date. Quite controversially, supermarkets also wrap in plastic. I'm sure you've all seen fruit and veg that are wrapped. One example is a cucumber. Cucumber can last three days unwrapped, but it can last up to 14 days wrapped. This is obviously a bit of a dilemma because if we wrap food in plastic, they would last longer, but then we're using plastic. So this isn't really helping the environment. So what can supermarkets do to reduce the amount of food they waste? First of all, this mostly applies to fruit and veg, but they can put less product on the shelves. This will mean that less product will be squished, and also this deters people from searching through all of the fruit and veg in order to get the ones with the longest sale date. This is something that we're all definitely very guilty of because I remember from a very young age when I would do the shop with my mum, she would always teach me saying that whenever I'm old enough to do my own food shop, I need to get all the food from the back. Yeah, me too. It's a really difficult habit to change, but we do have to be more conscious when making our purchases. Another thing stores can do is discount the items which have been damaged in shipping instead of throwing them away. I suppose the logic behind why supermarkets don't do this too often is because they think that if you buy the discounted damaged goods, then we might not buy the undamaged goods, which means the supermarket will lose money. Stores could also implement a recycling system, such as a compost system, for things like fruit and veg, and then plastic and cardboard. I know some stores do do that for crisp packets and stuff like that, but not yet for compost. This could be really good because they could donate it to local farmers or allotments, which would encourage communities to get out and grow their own veg. I think one of the easiest options, in my opinion, would be to redistribute the food to food banks where people really need it. The reason they don't do this is because it's not the most profitable way. Anaerobic digestion is. So anaerobic digestion is actually probably one of the centerpieces of the topic of this podcast. So it relates to the waste hierarchy, which is a centerpiece of EU and UK law and is a policy to do with food waste. So what the waste hierarchy is, is it's defined in Article 4 of the Waste Framework Directive, and it states that member states, including the UK, despite Brexit, shall apply the waste hierarchy as a priority order in waste law and policy. So because this is a directive, it's a binding legislation, and it binds all the parties who are part of the supply chain. So that that's everyone who we've spoken about. That's farmers, transporters, stores, and individuals. 
So essentially the waste hierarchy is about waste prevention and waste management. Waste prevention is higher on the hierarchy than waste management. The reason why waste prevention is higher up on the hierarchy is because it aims to prevent waste before it's even created, whereas waste management simply means managing waste once it's already been created. This can be through the process of recycling, recovery and disposal. So essentially, if we were to prevent food waste from happening, that means that farmers wouldn't overproduce and stores would redistribute the food to food banks, etc. And people would not throw away food without needing it. However, clearly this is not the case. So therefore, the UK actually manages its waste instead of preventing it, meaning that it doesn't comply with the EU directive. Therefore, the UK is technically breaching the law. So the way anaerobic digestion comes into this is the fact that it's the process of burning food for energy. So it's the recovery stage of waste management. This is obviously a more appealing alternative to landfill, which is disposal, which is at the very bottom of the food hierarchy because food is burnt and it produces energy. Also burning food in the UK, as opposed to diverting it to landfill, actually helps the UK to comply with several landfill laws and pay less tax. Because in the UK, there's a tax called the landfill tax, which means that the more waste you bring to landfill, the more tax you need to pay. So the UK very much favors anaerobic digestion and actually the UK has a strategy and action plan for it. This inevitably raises the incentive to burn perfectly good food, which should be used to feed people. I'm sure everybody is aware there's a hunger problem in the world, but there's actually a massive hunger problem in the UK as well. In the past year, it has been estimated that 1.9 million people use food banks in the UK. This is a stark contrast from 2011-12, when only 128,000 people did. That's an increase of more than 10 times the amount of people. I also think that this can majorly be attributed to the pandemic because as we previously mentioned in one of our podcasts, in 2020, poverty rates have increased to 8.8%, which is the first time there's been a poverty increase since the 1990s. In addition to this, one in six parents have gone hungry to feed their children. I think these statistics make it very clear that where food is edible, it should be redistributed as opposed to burned. However, unfortunately, in the UK, there still isn't enough funding and there isn't enough strategy to redistribute food effectively. Because if you think about organizations such as the Food Bank, they run on a charitable basis, whereas anaerobic digestion actually has government funding behind it. I'm not saying that food that's inedible should be sent to landfill because I think actually burning it and producing energy is better and more profitable, but perfectly good food shouldn't be burned. So as we've mentioned before, the majority of food waste actually comes from households. This is especially true during the Christmas period. So over the period of Christmas, 2 million turkeys, 5 million Christmas puddings and 74 million mince pies get disposed of that are still edible. The mince pie statistic doesn't really surprise me. I know they're not always a family favourite. Altogether, this causes almost 270,000 tonnes of food waste just during the holidays. This is obviously a huge issue because as we spoke about, food needs growing, manufacturing, transporting and cooking. Food and drink account for 20% of the UK CO2 emissions. So a major reason why there is so much household food waste, especially during the holidays, is societal trends. So in relation to Christmas, as I'm sure a lot of you know and have experienced this, families buy a lot more food than is actually needed because they expect guests and they just anticipate that people are going to eat a lot more than they actually do. Also, of course, there are benefits to having leftovers which you can eat the next day on Boxing Day, but think about it, the day after Boxing Day, I highly doubt you will want to have any more Christmas leftovers. 
Something that I always find really entertaining is that people stock up over Christmas because supermarkets are shut, when realistically supermarkets are only actually shut for one day. Also, this applies throughout the year, not just during the holiday season, but it's that supermarkets always make you think you need more food than you actually do. They sell things for cheaper in bigger bulks, such as spinach. So for a bag of large spinach, it works out more economical to buy a big bag, even if you don't actually need it. And as I'm sure you're all aware, everyone loves a bargain. Around Christmas time, they love to do two for one deals, half price, getting more for less. And you don't actually need this food, but it's sold to you that you do. So then how can we combat food waste at home? So once again, bringing it back to Christmas because it's very relevant at this time of year, make sure to plan and organize the menu. Consider that an average family spends 800 pound on food over the season. So I think by planning and organizing better, not only can you actually save money, but you can also save the planet. You can do this by making a list. When you go and do your food shop, just stick to the list. Don't be tempted to buy that extra pate or that, that extra leg of ham because you don't need it and you know it won't be used. Sort of stemming off this idea, before you make the list, you should ask your family what sort of food they like and don't like. And this avoids just buying food in case someone doesn't like something. I know something that doesn't always get eaten is Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are a very controversial food and I personally don't like them. So just question your family first. I know some of what we're saying might not be as relevant this year because of the lockdown rules, but still keep in mind what you can do. Also after Christmas, consider redistributing food that perhaps you haven't actually processed and cooked. We did this today and we exchanged some loose cabbage and some loose chocolate that we had for a kettle because our kettle broke. A big shout out to the student in Leeds for helping us reduce our cabbage waste and for giving us a new kettle. So I think this brings us nicely to the end of our podcast. We really do hope that you've enjoyed this topic and that you've learned something new, especially coming up to Christmas time. On a side note, we probably shouldn't have mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, but we live on a really busy road and it's rush hour. So if there's any noise throughout the podcast, we apologise and we're going to try our best to edit it out. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week.